Let's read together. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chiefs, priests, and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. Cue evil laugh. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened the treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, of incense, and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another route. Jesus, open our eyes and ears to what you have to say to us and help us to respond to you. We love you. Amen. Now, the next part of this passage tells us that this King Herod was so disturbed and so angry that there was another king. He made a decree that every newborn, sorry, every boy under the age of two should be killed. What a frightening time. It's never good for a nation when a ruler delights in his own authority. It's more troubling when a ruler loves power more than people. And combine that with a narcissistic personality and a desire to protect oneself at the risk and cost of others' lives... And you have a recipe for disaster. When a ruler like this becomes disturbed, the disturbance ripples across the whole nation. And so the people become disturbed. King Herod is this type of ruler. And he's not the only one. There's a reason why the king of the cosmos and the Lord of all creation came to that which was his own. And when he came, he revealed himself as king of kings and Lord of Lords. He lifted the spiritual veil of God by putting on the veil of human flesh. And God's invasion into his own creation is disturbing to the earthly kings and their kingdoms. And it's also disturbing to every person and group with dominion and authority. Why? Because it means their ruling ends and his begins. The king of kings comes to end the disturbance and chaos which sin has caused and is causing and will continue to cause. He comes to bring his kingdom which is characterized 
by righteousness, justice, peace, and truth. And unlike the kings and kingdoms of the earth, his kingdom will reign and it will have no end. Amen? And as a result, no one will live in fear again. I praise the Lord today because he is a God who chooses to reveal himself. Here's how he revealed himself. When he created the earth and all that is in it, he did not step away from his creation, but rather he walked in the garden. He was in relationship with Adam and Eve, the crown of his creation. He also revealed himself by speaking to multitudes of people through his own voice and also through his angels, his messengers. He spoke to Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Samuel, David, Mary. He's revealing himself through his commands, which he gave to his people in the wilderness in order for them to become a righteous nation, a nation distinct from the pagan nations of the earth. And part of this revelation in giving the commands, he gave them instructions for atonement, the forgiveness of sins. He provided atonement. First, when he made skin of clothing in the garden, that's when he provided atonement. They tried to make coverings for themselves. That's what covering means. You've heard me teach on this before. But it wasn't good enough, so he made a skin covering for them and he sent them out of the garden by his grace so that they would not continue in their sinful state forever. That was the first atonement, the first covering. Second is when he instituted the sacrifices in the tabernacle for the priests to offer up on behalf of Israel. You remember the day of atonement, the day when the priests would come and he'd enter into the most holy place and sprinkle blood of the, the blood of the goats on the mercy seat. And then third and finally, he provided atonement when he gave his one and only son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. And 1 John chapter 2, verse 2 says, Jesus, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but what? Not only for me, but also for the sins of the whole world. Isn't that good news? This is the complete revelation of who God is in Christ. And it is a revelation of what love is. And more specifically, who love is. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. When God sent his son, he revealed his complete nature. And that nature is holy love. Can you say that with me? Holy love. Where justice and mercy kiss. He's holy love. He revealed his nature and he revealed his mission. And his mission is to save us from our sins. You are to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins.
And in doing so, he includes people from every ethnos. That's the Greek word, and that Greek word simply means Gentiles or nations, ethnicities, tribes, families. He's including people of every ethnos. That's his mission. And then God also, when he revealed, when he sent his son, he revealed his way. And I love the song, he's got a way about him, or you got a way about you. You know the song, you got a way about you, don't know what it is. It's a love song, it's a sappy love song. It's not even a good song, but God has a way about him. It's a wonderful way. He revealed his way. Everyone has a way. Do you know what your way is? If you don't know, maybe your spouse can tell you or your best friend. Your kids will tell you what your way is, how they are, how how they talk, what they do, what they choose, where they spend their money. That's kind of their way. Everyone's got a way about them. This is my grandpa Van Valen, grandpa Frank Van Valen. He died one year ago tomorrow. January 11th, 2020, he, he went to be with the Lord. And he had a way about him. He had a deep, loud, vibrato singing voice that would just rumble and roar throughout a room. It was a wonderful voice. And he would sing praises to the Lord, sing his favorite hymns. He would play with us. He had a wicked ping pong serve. I love playing with him in the basement. He would come up to us as young kids and he would stick out his finger and as soon as we pulled it, he'd make this loud air compressor sound like and it'd scare the bejeebies out of me. And we'd laugh. He had a way about him. He was a neat freak. He'd walk in where we were playing, of course kids make mess and he'd bend over and pick up pieces of lint off the floor and trash. And we'd say, sorry, Grandpa. He was particular about his corn on the cob, his bread, his desserts. He was wise with money, frugal, and generous. So if you're wondering why Pastor J.D. is so frugal and doesn't like to spend money, he's the reason why. (laughs) He loved marriage. And he really encouraged his grandkids to get married. And I think really because he had a wonderful experience being married. He was married to my grandmother until she died. And he was married to, I call her Grandma Carol, until he died. Wonderful experience of marriage. And he loved Jesus. He loved seeing people, especially his family, follow Jesus. He had a way about him. What way do you have? I hope that we have a way about us that's very similar to Jesus. Jesus had a way about him and God revealed his way in the way of Jesus. He revealed his way through his son. And the way of Jesus is countercultural. It's a descent to servitude. And this descent began in heaven and it went down to the earth. And his way is to empty his life for the sake of the other. 
so much so that he died. He gave his own life for us. His way is also, in addition to his descent, it's his ascent. His ascent into glory that began in Sheol, the place of the dead, and it ended at the right hand of the Father. God revealed himself, his love, his mission, and his way so that we could receive him, believe in him, trust him, love him, worship him, and follow him. He's the way. And so today I bow down, and I hope you join me. I bow down and worship the one who was born king of the Jews because he's my king too. Another one of our readings today is Psalm 72, verse 11, where it says, All kings will bow down to him, and all nations will serve him. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, and they asked, Where is the one who is born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we've come to worship him. And they were sincere. They wanted to worship. And the Greek word for worship is proskuneo, to prostrate oneself before and to welcome respectfully. So at a minimum, the Magi were communicating to Herod that they came wanting to pay the newborn king respect. But isn't this what a card in the mail is for? Joseph and Mary, congratulations on the birth of your son. Blessings to you and your family in this joyful time. Signed, the Magi from the East. But they didn't have mail, so they would have sent messengers, like most noble men did at the time. They would send their messengers to communicate respect. So I... At a minimum, the Magi came to welcome Jesus respectfully, but I think it's more than that. Then again, why would they travel so far just to welcome him with respect? Could you imagine the university presidents of Harvard, Yale, and Stanford dropping what they were doing to go to Methodist Hospital, or better yet, to Shelbyville Clinic to visit the baby of Joe and Mary Schmo? They pop in the room, stick their heads in. Hey, uh, it's me. Just wanted to respectfully welcome your baby into the world. I'm going to go back to my Ivy League school now. Who would do that? It seems silly. The Magi probably believed the newborn king was highly special. Special enough to travel for many weeks on the back of a camel or a horse through rough terrain. The Magi came not for the purpose of paying Jesus respect, but for the purpose of worshiping him. They came to put their faces to the ground. And they came to place gifts at his feet as a sign of gratitude and unworthiness in his presence, in the presence of the king of the cosmos. I'd make a -a once-in-a-lifetime journey to see the one and only king of the cosmos. But I don't think anybody else would make the cut. So Herod said, oh, as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. The Magi were sincere, but Herod was insincere. He didn't want to worship him. He wanted to kill him because he was a threat to his very existence and his position. So the Magi followed the star. They saw the Christ child. 
and they bowed down and they worshipped him. Now the Greek word bowed down, uh, pasantes, comes from the root word pipto, which means to fall down. So they fell down or they bowed down. They put their faces to the ground. And I love both. In the English language, to bow is kind of, it's a reverent choice to give honor. We bow down. It is a decisive act of the person to fall down. (laughs) When's the last time you fell down on purpose? Or you trip and fall over? It's more of a reaction Almost like you have no choice. The reaction of the person is to fall down. And with Jesus, we have the opportunity for both. Praise God. Jesus is the elephant in the room. He's a problem. Or better yet, he's the baby in the elephant's room. And encountering Jesus is encountering a huge problem. A stumbling block. A block that you will trip over or a block that will crush you. And what the Magi realized is that they were in the presence of a king. And there's only enough room for one king in that room. And there's also enough room, only enough room for one king in the world. And when you realize that, you're free. You're free to get off your throne And let him take his rightful place. We do that by bowing down or falling down. So today, right now, we either choose to give him honor. We we make a decisive action declaring that he is king of all. And king of me. Or if we don't do that now, then the opportunity comes later. When we are going to react, where we have no choice but to give him the honor that is due him. Where we give a late, involuntary reaction to his majesty. Where are you today? Do you want to bow decisively today? Or do you want to involuntarily react some other day? Either way. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess in heaven and on earth and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord. All kings will bow down to him and all nations will serve him. Paul not only talks about God revealed, but he also speaks about The mystery revealed in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 6. And he explains, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs with Israel. Members together of one body and sharers together in the promise of Jesus Christ. The Magi were the representatives of the Gentiles. And God brought the Gentiles to bow down and worship Jesus before it was revealed that they too would share in the inheritance of the Jews. Isn't that amazing? What faith. And the Magi foreshadowed that people from every nation would be part of God's family. They would be part of his community. They would be part of his service team. That they would serve him. 
serve his mission and his purpose. May be part of his way. And it is the Father's joy that every ethnicity on earth is represented in his everlasting kingdom. What other God, what other small g God offers that? What other religion offers that? The unity of all people under one head, Christ the Lord. There's no other hope except in Jesus. We have the greatest news in the history of the world, the gospel. And diversity and inclusion are buzz words, buzz topics in our day. As if that's going to make everything better. Yes, that'll help. But long before the hot bucket button topics, we have a God who created diversity and who included all people by sending his son. But the end result is unity. And strangely enough, the way is very exclusive. Isn't that wild? The most inclusive God, the God who created diversity, is the most exclusive, gives the most exclusive way. That there's no other way except through Christ. And our unity is beautiful because it is a diverse group of people who love the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And who love each other as they love themselves. That is highly countercultural. It's almost as if it's of a different kingdom, because it is. God wanted all people, all ethnicities, meaning there is not one ethnicity that He hates. Therefore, if you are a Christian, claim to be a Christian, and you hate an ethnicity, you are not of God. Lord, help us. He loves every language that has poured forth praise from the lips of humanity. He loves it. But I'm not just here to give you warm fuzzies. That's not why I'm your pastor. I'm also here to present the harsh truth that even though the Lord is bringing nations together to worship Him, He's also coming to judge the nations. Psalm 110, 5-6 says, The Lord is at your right hand. He will crush kings on the day of His wrath. He will judge the nations, heaping up the dead and crushing the rulers of the whole earth. Oh my goodness. That is a warning to every nation, that is a warning to every leader, that is a warning to every person who has influence, who has power, who has wealth, that is the warning to every family member, that is a warning to every person. God will judge the earth. And his judge, his judgment is correct. And in a world where we have everyone making judgments about what's true, what's false, there is only one who knows all things, and he will bring all things to light.
Lord, have mercy. Do you want to bow down to this one? Or do you want to react later? Jesus is the very nature of God revealed in human flesh. And when he came, he said, the time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. He's the very nature of God. And it's beautiful that all flesh are welcome to respond to the call of Jesus to come to him today. To repent and believe the good news today. And I pray that you would join me. And let your lips praise him today. Join me and let your knees bow before him today. Join me and take part of his mission, in his mission today. And join me and walk in his ways today. We're going to have our time of communion. Where we proclaim that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That he has died. He has risen from the dead and he's coming again. We're going to take time and bow before him because he's worthy. Amen.